Hey there, I'm Luke Stone. I'm a sixth former from Juneau Beach, Florida, and I'm excited to be with you as we hear from some of the wisest and most experienced members of the Woodbury community, past and present. This is Teaching the Tigers. There's no question that Woodbury exists to help boys become the best versions of themselves, but that process doesn't just happen automatically. Behind every Woodbury graduate is a community of teachers, coaches, and mentors that help shape him. The goal of this podcast is to get an alternate perspective of life at Woodbury from the point of view of some of the hardest working members of the community, our faculty. Mr. Drew Collier, class of 2003, returned to Woodbury in 2008 after spending his first year out of Wofford College as an English teacher in Barcelona. For more than a decade, he's been a co-director of the Woodbury in Spain program and has taught higher-level Spanish classes during the academic year. He joined me virtually via Zoom to talk about his path back to the forest, his friendship with Mr. Andrew Handelsman, and what he values most about teaching. So we'll begin with the beginning of the end of your time at Woodbury. Your senior spring when you were about to graduate and after you did graduate, did you ever envision yourself possibly coming back to Woodbury as a faculty member one day? Absolutely not. I never, ever imagined it. And I probably said that I would never do it. I have a memory of saying that, oh, I'll never come back uh, to work here. And then sure enough, look at me now. How did that happen? How did you go from I'm never coming back here to working here for more than 10 years? I think, Luke, like many seniors, when you're so close to the end, all you can think about is how much you want to get away. And it's hard to wrap your mind around the thought of of going back to work. But as you could ask any alum, it doesn't take long after you graduate, especially once you start your freshman semester, people really start to miss Woodbury. And you know, when we're there as students, you fantasize about leaving and what life will be like outside of Woodbury. And then once you're outside of Woodbury, you quickly realize how, how special it was when you were there as a student. During your first semester at Wofford, what were some of the things that immediately stuck out to you that you missed the most about being a student at Woodbury? I missed knowing everyone. You know, by the time you're a senior at Woodbury, you, you know everyone. You're the big fish in a little pond. And when you get to college, you realize you're the little fish in the big pond. That's another reason why I went to Wofford. Wofford was, when I was there, roughly 1,600 students. But I, I remember it was an important factor. I, I, I liked being somewhere that I recognized people on the sidewalk. Obviously, I didn't know everyone at Wofford, but it was nice to at least recognize the people that I was passing on the sidewalk or in my classes or the teachers. The teachers knew who I was. I, I, and I, and I like that at Woodbury, and I like that at, at Wofford a lot. So how from the spring of 2007 to the end of 2008 did you end up making your way back to Woodbury? When I graduated from Wofford, my number one priority was getting to Spain, which is probably no surprise to anyone who knows me. My first long trip to Spain was as a student on the Woodbury in Spain program and just loved it, fell in love with it, fell in love with the culture, the people, everything about it. I studied abroad in Barcelona during college, and I'd always told myself, I'm going to graduate from Wofford and I'm going to move back to Barcelona. And my parents wisely said, good luck. (laughs) 
don't expect us to support you. You know, if you're, if you're going to do it, good luck, be careful, but you better be prepared to support yourself. And so I did, I, I went to Spain without a job. I went to Spain right shortly after graduating from Wofford. I went to Barcelona and I had a room in an apartment that I had found on basically the equivalent of a Spain Craigslist at the time. And sure enough, I got there and things fell into place and I got a job teaching English privately. It was a little sketchy at first because I didn't have any of the certifications that everyone else did, but I went and met the woman who ran some academy and she kept telling me I had the spark. She said, you have the spark. And she hired me on the spot. And so I would go around to wealthy families' homes in Barcelona and teach English. She sort of would organize and say, okay, on Mondays, Thursdays, you go to Carlos, he's 12 years old, his parents' names are this, and at the end of the month, you collect this amount of money from them, and then bring me a cut of it. So I was working, I was making great money, actually, all in cash, and also helped the people whose apartment I was living in. They had a little company, and I worked for them on the side, too. And I did that for a year. And then, in preparation for this interview, I was actually going back and looking at old emails, how I ended up at Woodbury in the fall of 08. I had been in touch with Brent Bell, who at the time was the academic dean. And we were discussing, I think it was at the very beginning of the Keenan Lewis internship. And we were talking about the internship. And I really wasn't expressing a ton of interest in the internship. And then sure enough, later, it turned out that Ed Denault, who was a mentor of mine, who was my favorite Spanish teacher at Woodbury when I was a student there, that he and his family, they were moving to Chapel Hill. So they needed more of a full-time Spanish teacher faculty position. And that was when it really started. And I came back almost, of, of, I guess it was late spring of 2008 and did the interview process and started working in the fall. So you seemed to be enjoying your time in Barcelona. What was it that drew you back from a bustling city in uh, Western Europe to a small town in Central Virginia where you went to high school. Why did you ultimately leave and decide to come back to the States and become a teacher at Woodbury? Well, I was thinking about coming back. I was thinking about ultimately finding something, I guess you want to say the word more legitimate. I, I, I kind of wanted a more legitimate job that would, in the United States, that would allow me to still be able to travel freely back and forth to Spain. And at the time, I mean, it was, it was a great deal because I knew that Ed Denault ran the Spain trip. So I knew that there would be an opening to do the Spain trip. You know, I wasn't a fool. I knew that Woodbury was a fantastic job. It was a, it was a great place to work and it was a sense of community. I mean, I've always liked a sense of community. So you come back onto campus in the spring of 2008, get the job, come onto campus in the fall of 2008 full time. Were there any faculty members that you either had while you were a student at Woodbury or that you observed in your early stages as a teacher at Woodbury and really tried to emulate? Yes, absolutely. I, I think, I, I, as you will, Luke, as your, as your classmates will, you will look back most fondly on your classes and your teachers who had senses of humor, who, whose classes you enjoyed attending, not only for the content, for the subject matter, but you just enjoyed the company of those people, that they were easy to talk to, that they were approachable, that they were down to earth. Reimers was my advisor and 
we all know what a character he is. So I, sometimes I feel like I channel him a little bit. Ed Denault, who I've referenced already, he was an amazing Spanish teacher and others, but Rhymers and Ed Denault come to mind for sure. What was the biggest difference that you observed between your life as a student at Woodbury and the life that you ultimately came to lead and now lead as a faculty member? The biggest differences are the obvious differences. The, it was funny going back because when I first got back there, obviously the freshest memories in my mind are of being a student. And then you get there as an employee and you realize you don't have those rules anymore. I had a car. I could leave whenever I wanted to. It sounds obvious, but there was just a lot more liberty and a lot more freedoms of, of being able to work there. I, I would go to Charlottesville. I, you know, I quickly developed through friends, actually through friends who went to Woodbury with me, uh, a social circle in Charlottesville. As we know, Woodbury is not the easiest place to live sometimes. And years ago, sometimes I would be asked to give advice to younger faculty who were recently hired. And one of the things I always went to was you can't feel bad for leaving. I think we know there are a lot of faculty members at Woodbury who devote themselves so wholeheartedly to the school. And that's a great thing. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that at all. But I think it's also really important for the health of the faculty to get away every now and then. I credit my surviving this long to just that, to saying, okay, I'm going to Charlottesville tonight and I'm going to have a big time or having the sense to just say, okay, I need a break from here for a little bit. And you're pretty well known around campus for those getaways. Obviously you are one of the co-leaders of the Woodbury in Spain trip now. When did your tenure as a faculty advisor for that start? I started Woodbury working for Woodbury in Spain that first summer. I, I distinctly remember the first faculty meeting that I ever went to, the opening of school of 2008, 2009. And I believe Donald Brewster sat down, who was chair of the department at the time, and sort of just said, you're game, right, to, to do the Spain trip with Mr. Handelsman, with Andrew Handelsman, who had been doing it with Ed Denault for a, a few years. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. So that was the beginning of that. So the fall of, or the summer of 2009 was the first one. So I think it's been 11 years, 11 summers in a row. And for me this summer, it's going to be quite an adjustment not going. I was still thinking, I am still thinking about maybe going in July for a couple of weeks by myself. But during these times, I've been in touch with my friends in Spain a lot, nearly daily. And their restrictions seem to be going almost till the end of June, you know, moving from one province to another province. So my odds of, of returning to Spain this summer, I think are, are diminishing, but it's okay. It's okay. It will still be there. What has been your favorite part of working with Woodbury in Spain as a faculty member? I love working with Andrew. Andrew Handelsman has turned out to be one of my closest friends. We're very different people. <laughs> We're very opposite. And I think opposites, you know, work very well together. We laugh a lot. And I love taking people places where they've never been before. It really is so amazing and rewarding to open someone's eyes to something, for them to see and experience something for the first time that they had no idea about. 
I mean, you and I did that in Cuba together. I had never been to Cuba. You and I went to Cuba for the first time together. And that was just, I mean, that's one of the most special things I've ever done in my life was going to Cuba with you. And, and I feel that way every summer in Spain. I'm heartbroken that we're not going this summer. I feel really badly for the boys who were slated to go this summer. But it's just, it's a different world. It's just, it, it makes you take a step back and question your your priorities and what you value most. And, you know, here in the United States, we have the culture of seeming to just work, 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 work all the time. And in Spain and in Europe for that, for that matter, it, they seem to enjoy themselves more. I also love not having to drive anywhere. It's so we, when you travel to another country, you realize how much we drive here. And I like, I like walking a lot. You mentioned our time together with Woodbury in Cuba last spring, and, and there is something special about going to a place you've never been for the first time with some of your closest friends, your classmates, and uh, some of your closest faculty mentors. And it does feel like the Woodbury environment and the Woodbury way really makes that possible and makes what would already be fascinating trips just that much more enriching. I think the Woodbury abroad trips are incredibly formative. I think that they are very unique. I think nowadays in 2020, schools offering trips like that, that are not outsourced through some third party, they're, it, it's kind of a dying breed. You know, Luke, you're smart enough to know the liabilities and, and how how worried, no doubt, the school's legal counsel is that, you know, anything can go wrong on those trips and because there's so much freedom and, and, and free, anything can go wrong. But that being said, you sort of have to weigh the value of the experience more. It, it really is. I, I've always wanted to poll people who've participated on, on Woodbury trips. I'm sure they have at some point, but I, I really do think I look back on that as one of the most memorable moments from my entire time at Woodbury was traveling with friends and teachers that you, that you knew and liked to somewhere foreign. We'll be right back. Hey, Tiger Nation. For more WFS stories, check out Tiger Talk with Taft, hosted by me, Taft Gant, to hear Woodbury alumni share stories from their time at the forest. For more information, follow Tiger Talk with Taft on Twitter and Facebook, and watch the shows as they air on Livestream.com slash WFSPN every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern. We hope you're enjoying Episode 3 of Teaching the Tigers. To listen to past episodes or to find future ones, visit anchor.fm slash teaching the tigers. Now, back to our interview with Mr. Collier. You love traveling, you love going to Spain, you love being with the boys and teaching, but it doesn't mean that being at Woodbury is always easy. What would you say is the most difficult part of living and working here? The most challenging part of working at Woodbury, I, I alluded to it a little bit before about it's being so remote in the country. That's, but we all deal with that and we all make that choice. A lot of, you know, working with the boys and working with their families, sometimes, sometimes you have boys who are struggling for whatever reason. Sometimes it's hard 
you know, for all of us, it's hard. You, you, you want to say that, oh, you connect with every single boy. Oh, you have a great relationship with every student. Sometimes it's, it's not always the case. And I often find myself sometimes thinking of, of students, whether they're current right now or whether they're alums, who, you know, I, I, I wish I'd done more to try and connect better, or I wish I had been more patient with, or I wish I had given more, I don't know, attention to. It's hard sometimes connecting. You have your advisees, you're connected with your advisees, you're connected with your immediate students. But sometimes there are those, there are those boys who kind of aren't on your radar. And sometimes they graduate and I wish they had been or, or I wish I could have been able to help them more. And obviously that can be tough. But the flip side, as you mentioned, is that you do connect really well with your advisees and with your students. What advice would you give to an incoming faculty member about how to build an effective relationship with the boys in their advisory or in their classes? I would say being real, trying to not be that stereotypical teacher, adult, authority figure. Yes, you have to be that. You, you have to be that, obviously. But sometimes sometimes you have to just be yourself. I, I think maybe that's the reason why I've been fortunate to have really good relationships with, you know, advice. Just because I'm myself, I, I'm, again, not naming any names, but there, there are some who are just more closed off. I, I think your I think the personality of of the people we hire at Woodbury, I think that's something that we have to take very seriously. That should be a huge factor. Are these people approachable? Can they have a normal conversation with a student about anything? Sure, I, I teach Spanish, but I'm far more concerned that y'all turn out to be decent, good human beings who, you know, the hell with the subjunctive. I mean, yeah, that's important, but I'm far more concerned that y'all turn out to be caring, generous, decent people who have priority straight, who, who it's, it's about being good to others. It's about random acts of kindness. It's about not being selfish. We need faculty members who can let their guard down, who can open up and relate with these people about what, about anything, you know, whether it's talking about what shows you're watching on Netflix, whether it's talking about, you know, family. And sometimes, sometimes Luke, that's, that's on the adult. You know, we've been told a lot, like, remember who the adult is. We are the adults, but sometimes it takes the adult to open up that conversation and engage, you know, ask about the family, ask about what's going on at home. You know, basically talk about things not at Woodbury. We all come from, we all have lives. We all have, Woodbury's just a point in many people's lives. And it's easy to just wanna talk about and engage over Woodbury. There's a lot more that people are doing and going through than within the campus of, of Woodbury. I thought you moved into Lineberger House over Thanksgiving. You lived in the infirmary apartment for a long time. And living there, you got very close with Mr. and Mrs. Furman, who, as we all know, will be retiring at the end of this year. What has your relationship with them meant to you? The Furmans have, have meant everything to me, Luke. They really have. I guess I first met them 
in the late 90s before I was even a student at Woodbury. My older brother was there and he became close with them. And then when I arrived to Woodbury as a very, very homesick, shaky, uncertain new boy, I just gravitated towards them, to both of them, to both Mrs. and Mr. Furman. And they took me in as one of their own. I've always thought of them as, as, as second parents. They have always been there for me. They are incredible, generous, loving, genuine, salt of the earth people who I know I'm not the only one thinking, what, what is Woodbury going to be like without the Furmans? I mean, they are part of the culture of that place. It's going to be, I mean, they are, they're, they're irreplaceable. I mean, even if we hire some wonderful new nurse and wonderful new, you know, director of food services, no one, no one will ever compare to them. They've, they've, they've been there for me all along. I, I consider them to be family. I, I go to them with problems. I go to them with questions and, you know, my, they were there for me when my my mother became ill in the very beginning of 2015 and you know she my mother passed away very suddenly and you know the Furmans were just there they they were always there and they will always be there they will always be a part of me